0: Today, we will be reading chapter one in our new book, Bridge to Terabithia. As we're reading, I want you to think about our new character, Jesse Aarons, and I also want you to be focused on paying attention to some of the figurative language used by our author. Chapter one, broom, 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 burippity, 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 burippity. Good. His dad had the pickup going. He could get up now. Jess slid out of his bed and into his overalls. He didn't worry about a shirt because once he began running, he would be hot as popping grease, even if the morning air was chill, or shoes because the bottoms of his feet were by now as tough as worn-out sneakers. Where are you going, Jess? Mabel lifted herself up sleepily from the double bed where she and Joy-San slept. Shh, he warned. The walls were thin. Mama would be mad as flies in a fruit jar if they woke her up this time of day. He patted Mabel's hair and yanked the twisted sheet up to her small chin. Just over the cow field, he whispered. Mabel smiled and snuggled down under the sheet. Gonna run? Maybe. Of course he was going to run. He had gotten up early every day all summer to run. He figured if he worked at it, and Lord had he worked, he could be the fastest runner in the fifth grade when school opened up. He had to be the fastest. Not one of the fastest or next to the fastest, but the fastest, the very best. He tiptoed out of the house. The place was so rattly that it screeched whenever you put your foot down. But Jess had found that if you tiptoed, it gave only a low moan, and he could usually get outdoors without making waking Mama or Ellie or Brenda or Joyce Ann. Maybelle was another matter. She was going on seven, and she worshipped him, which was okay sometimes. When you were the only boy smashed between four sisters and the older two had despised you ever since you stopped letting them dress you up and wheel you around in their rusty old doll carriage and the little, littlest one cried, if you looked at her cross-eyed, it was nice to have somebody who worshipped you, even if it got unhandy sometimes. He began to trot across the yard. His breath was coming out in little puffs, cold for August, but it was early yet By noontime, when his mom would have him out working, it would be hot enough. Miss Bessie stared at him sleepily as he climbed across the scrap heap, over the fence, and into the cow field. Moo, she said, looking for all the world, like another Maybell with her big, brown, droopy eyes. Hey, Miss Bessie, Jess said soothingly, just go on back to sleep. Miss Bessie strolled over to a greenish patch, most of the field was brown and dry, and yanked up a mouthful. That's a, that a girl. Just eat your breakfast. Don't pay any mind to me. He always started at the northwest corner of the field, crouched over like the runners he had seen on Wide World of Sports. Bang! He said and took off flying around the cow field. Miss Bessie strolled toward the center, still frowning him, following him with her droopy eyes, chewing slowly. She didn't look very smart, even for a cow, but she was plenty bright enough to get out of Jesse's, Jess's way. His straw colored hair flapped hard against his forehead and his arms and legs flew out every which way. He had never learned to run properly, but he was long legged for a 10 year old and no one had more grit than he. Lark Creek Elementary was short on everything, especially athletic equipment. So all the balls went to the upper grades at recess time after lunch. Even if a fifth grader started out the period with a ball, it was sure to be in the hands of a sixth or seventh grader before the hour was half over. The older boys always took the dry center of the upper field for their ball games, while the girls claimed the small top section for hopscotch and jump rope and hanging around talking. So the lower grade boys had started this running thing. They would all line up on the far side of the lower field where it was either muddy or deep, crusty ruts. Earl Watson, who was no good at running but had a big mouth, would yell bang and they'd race to a line that they'd towed across at the other end. One time last year, Jess had won not just the first heat, but the whole shebang only once. But it had put into his mouth a taste for winning. Ever since he'd been in first grade, he'd been that crazy little kid that draws all the time. But one day, April the 22nd, a drizzly Monday it had been, he ran ahead of them all, the red mud sloshing up through the holes in the bottom of his sneakers. For the rest of that day and until after lunch on the next, he had been the fastest kid in the third, fourth, and fifth grades, and he only a fourth grader. On Tuesday, Wayne Pettis had won again as usual, but this year Wayne Pettis would be in the sixth grade He'd play football until Christmas and baseball until June with the rest of the big guys. Anybody had a chance to be the fastest runner. And by Miss Bessie, this year, it was going to be Jesse Oliver Aaron's Jr. Jess pumped his arms harder and bent his head for the distance fin- distant fence. He could hear the third grade boys screaming him on. They would follow him around like a country music star. And Maybelle would pop her buttons. Her brother was the fastest, the best. That ought to to give the rest of the first grade something to chew their cuds on. Even his dad would be proud. Jess rounded the corner. He couldn't keep going quite so fast, but he continued running for a while. It would build him up. Maybell would tell daddy so it wouldn't look as though he, Jess, was a bragger. Maybe dad would be so proud he'd forget all about how tired he was from the long drive back and forth to Washington and the digging and hauling all day. He would get right down on the floor and wrestle the way they used to. Old dad would be surprised at how strong he'd gotten in the last couple of years. His body was begging him to quit, but Jess pushed it on. He had to let that puny chest of his know who was boss. Jess, it was Maybelle yelling from the other side of the scrap heap. Mama says you gotta come in and eat now. Leave the milk until later. Oh, crud. He'd run too long. Now everyone would know he'd been out and start in on him. Yeah, okay. He turned, still running, and headed for the scrap heap. Without breaking his rhythm, he climbed over the fence, scrambled across the scrap heap, thumped Mabel on the head, ow, and trotted on to the house. Well, look at the big Olympic star, said Ellie, banging two cups onto the table so that the strong black coffee sloshed out. Sweating like a knock-kneed mule. Jess pushed his damp hair out of his face and plunked down on the wooden bench. He dumped two spoonfuls of sugar into his cup and slurped to keep the hot coffee from scalding his mouth. Oh, mama, he stinks. Brenda pinched her nose with her pinky crooked, crooked delicately. Make him wash. Get over here to the sink and wash yourself his mother said, without raising her eyes from the stove. And step on it. These grits are scorching the bottom of the pot already. Mama, not again, Brenda whined. Lord, he was tired. There wasn't a muscle in his body that didn't ache. You heard what Mama said, Ellie yelled back at his back. I can't stand it, Mama, Brenda again. again. Make him get his smelly self off this bench. Jess put his cheek down on the bare wood of the tabletop. "Jessie," see, his mother was looking now, and put on a shirt. Yes, am He dragged himself to the sink. The water he flipped on his face and up his arms prickled like ice. His hot skin crawled under the cr- cold drops. Mabel was standing in the kitchen door watching him. Get me a shirt, Mabel. She looked as if her mouth was set to say no, but instead she said, you shouldn't ought to beat me on the in the head, and went off obediently to fetch his t-shirt. Good old Maybell, Joyce Ann would have been screaming yet from that little tap. Four-year-olds were a pure pain. I got plenty of chores needs doing around the, here this morning, his mother announced, as they were finishing the grits and red gravy. His mother was from Georgia and still cooked like it. Oh, Mama! Ellie and Brenda squawked in concert. Those girls could get out of work faster than grasshoppers could slip through your fingers. Mama, you promised me and Brenda we could go to Millsburg for shopping, school shopping. You ain't got no money for school shopping. Mama, we're going to look around. Lord, he wished Brenda would stop whining so. Christmas, you don't want us to have no fun at all. Any fun? Ellie corrected her primly. Oh, shut up. Ellie ignored her. Miss Timmons is coming by to pick us up. I told Lolly Sunday, you said it was okay. I feel dumb calling her and saying you changed your mind. Oh, all right. But I ain't got no money to give you. Any money? Something whispered inside Jess's head. I know, Mama. We'll just take the $5 Daddy promised us. No more than that. What $5? Oh, Mama, you remember? Ellie's voice was sweeter than a melted Mars bar. Daddy said last week we girls were going to have to have something for school. Oh, take it, his mother said angrily, reaching for her cracked vinyl purse on the shelf above the stove. She counted out five wrinkled bills. Mama, Brenda was starting again. Can't we have just one more so it'll be three each? No! Mama, you can't buy nothing for two fifty. Just one little pack of notebook paper's gonna, gone up to... No. Ellie got up noisily and began to clear the table. Your turn to wash, Brenda, she said loudly. Ah, Ellie. Ellie jabbed her with a spoon. Jess saw that look. Brenda shut up her wine halfway out of her rose luster lipstick mouth. She wasn't as smart as Ellie, but even she knew not to push Mama too far which left Jess to do the no- work as usual. Mama never sent the babies out to help, although he worked it right. If he worked it right, he could usually get Mabel to do something. He put his head down on the table. The running had done him in this morning. Through his top ear came the sound of the t- Timminses' old Buick. Wants oil, his dad would say, and the happy buzz of voices outside the screen door as Ellie and Brenda squashed in among the seven Timmons's all right, Jesse, get your lazy self off that bench. Miss Bessie's bag is probably dragging ground by now, and you still got beans to pick. Lazy? He was the lazy one? <sighs> he gave him his poor dead weight of a head one more, one minute more on the tabletop. Jesse? Okay, Mama, I'm going. It was Maybell who came to tell him in the bean patch that people were moving into the old Perkins place down on the next farm. Jess wiped his hair out of his eyes and squinted. Sure enough, a U-Haul was parked right by the door. One of those big jointed ones. These people had a lot of junk, but they wouldn't last. The Perkins place was one of those ratty old country houses you moved into because you had no decent place to go and moved out of as quickly as you could. He thought later how peculiar it was that here was probably the biggest thing in his life, and he had shrugged it off as nothing. The flies were buzzing around his sweating face and shoulders. He dropped the beans into the bucket and swatted with both hands. Get me my shirt, Maybell. The flies were more important than any U-Haul. Maybell jogged to the the end of the row and picked up his T-shirt from where it had been discarded earlier. She walked back, holding it with her two fingers way out in front of her. Phew, it stinks, she said, just as Brenda would have. Shut up, he said, and grabbed the shirt away from her.